Xbox on. Game on, baby! Woo! Hello and welcome to the Party Chat Podcast, the official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. And with me this week, I've got, as per usual, my partner in crime. It's it's Clay Parker. <laughs> What's going on, brother? How you doing? <laughs> ah, not too bad, not too bad. And one of the Xbox One subreddit moderators it is Richard. How are we doing? Hey guys, how's everyone going? Now, this is a very, very special episode. We do have a rare treat for you. So, Richard, I'm going to pass it across to you to introduce our special guest for this week. A rare treat. Hmm, very rare <laughs> treat. Well, um, this week I actually am able to bring to you guys a few people from Rare themselves, and especially after E3, we got a lot of information to talk about. For this interview, we have Emma Bridal, the social media manager for Rare. Say hi, Emma. Oh, hi. Sorry. <laughs> I'm off no to a worries. great start. There we go. <laughs> no worries. And Bobby Lemerand, which is the engagement manager as well. Hello. Thanks for having me on, guys. We welcome, welcome. are very excited to have you guys on. I mean, just after E3 this week was a very exciting week. And I want to basically, and I want you each to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Rare. So, Emma, go ahead and jump off and go ahead. Ladies first, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, um, so I've been at Rare for three years now. Three years next month, actually. Um, and I came to Rare straight out of doing a journalism master's. Um, and they were looking for someone to help run their social channels and engage with the community. Um, and I'd played Rare games growing up and I, I thought I was going to be a, a small town journalist. Um, saw the job advert and thought, you know what, I've never thought I, that would be fun working in games. Um, and they hired me for an initial six month contract and I've never left. So they've been stuck with me. So for the past three years, if any of you have tweeted Rare or posted on our Facebook page, um, it's most likely been me that's been responding uh, with Lee Loveday, Rare veteran. Um, and so I tend to the community, I'm sort of getting the news out there to them and also feeding back what they want to us. So sort of the the voice of the company online, I guess. Awesome. Uh, great nice. fun. And next we actually have Bobby. So Bobby, go ahead and explain who you are and what you do. Uh, yeah, no problem. Um, so I've been at Rare for just over a year now, I think about 15 months. Uh, was pre previously at Xbox, working on the Xbox Ambassadors program. Uh, my title is Engagement Manager, uh, but what that means is I pretty much get to uh, obsess about uh, Rare fans and how we kind of talk to Rare fans. So I, I work with the community team, um, but a lot of what I get to do is actually kind of, I, I spend time in, in almost kind of like a secretive layer, uh, kind of thinking about how can we engage with our community, what can we do, uh, you know, like how are we going to build forums for Sea of Thieves, how are we going to run contests. Um, and when I say a layer, I mean I just kind of sit in the office kind of next to <laughs> Next to Emma, could, the rest we could of the build team. you a lair, maybe. I have always wanted a lair, and I think a rare lair would be especially cool. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's a lot of what I do. So so thinking about things like our, you know emails that we have, the the social campaigns that we run, um, our website, and our, the features that are on there, um, all kind of within my domain of rare. 
And it's worth pointing out we're not a two-person team. I think we're at seven people now. Oh, wow. Just over a year ago, it was two of us. So um, wow. we've grown a lot in the last year and a bit. Yeah. We're in a really good place. We've got a really good team. Yeah, I think we've got some devious plans to uh, take over first the company and then the world. Yeah. One, uh, <laughs> one project and rare fan at a time. <laughs> what are we doing tonight, Bobby? <laughs> the same thing we do every night, a community podcast as part of our plot to take over the world. <laughs> there we go. We'll be in one car at a time. <laughs> no, Exactly. Go ahead. No, go for it. Sorry. No, go on. Keep on spotting. I was just going to say, Emma's, Emma's joke there, just a reference to... Uh, Oh, yeah, the, the, the statement earlier that basically the whole point of doing podcasts is just to be in people's cars, right? <laughs> With them as they drive, yeah. So well, I have a long commute. I need the company. So just before we recorded, Emma said that she's heard my voice all this week in a car. Yeah. Which I found quite surprising. It's not something that gets said to me every day. But I can just point <laughs> out, Emma's car is amazing. It even displays the logo of the podcast from a picture that she tweeted out um, on her car dashboard. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. But I've got to the... say as well, fantastic accent. Even as a Brit, I really, really, really like the accent. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> now back on to the questions. Can I just yeah. ask, um, what's it like being a Microsoft Studio? Do you all have like conversations about what you're working on and share tips, etc.? I think working, well, I can speak in terms of we talk to the other community teams uh, working on other titles, particularly the team over in Redmond. I know you spoke to Josh Stein um, a few weeks ago, and he's one of the people that we're in touch with. Steen, um, Steen isn't it? Is it Steen, Bobby? Is it Steen no, or Stein? No, it's Steen. No, it's, oh, it's my Stein. gosh. Come on, you got to <laughs> give a shout out. I'm getting his name wrong. It's a reference um, to Clay, let's just say. No, I have listened to it. Um, so I think community ma- like working community management and sort of social media is still quite a new thing. I have a lot of people telling me it's not a real job. And they're still sort of figuring out best practices and what could we be doing better? How can we reach more people? And I think having other teams doing the same thing to talk to and sort of share information and what we're working on and how we're doing it is really, really helpful. And it really sort of, it's nice to hear what other people are up to with their titles. I say sometimes it's it's kind of like one foot in and one foot out. You know, like Emma said, I think you kind of share best practices. And, and a great example is, um, you know, the, the Microsoft Studios team has been doing some really awesome stuff with Twitch and video. Um, as maybe as you've seen from our trailer this week, we've, we've got some thoughts around uh, Twitch and, and video and picture in picture stuff ourselves. And so talking to them about that kind of stuff is always really interesting and it's great to share knowledge. Um, but at the other hand, you know, a show like E3 is great because you might have an inkling of what some studios are working on. Um, but but other times you do kind of get to be surprised. And, and that's kind of fun is, is having an idea, uh, but, but also still being able to be surprised by some things that you see at shows, reveals, and kind of being able to you know see people and talk to them around these times and you know tell them good job and actually kind of have all that unveiled for you as well. Yeah, I think a lot of people were sort of assuming that I knew everything that was going to be going out in the briefing on Monday, and I kept saying no. I, I probably think I know a lot less than you think I do, and it's really nice to be surprised. Yeah, always like just coming off. This is our first recording just after E3 and. First of all, apologies to listeners that were a couple of days It's solely because of E3, and we wanted to make sure that we had a, a good guest for you this week, of course. Um, but just to say to yourselves, congratulations on oh, thank the you. Microsoft E3. Thank you. It was simply amazing. What has been that reaction? Uh, 
Yeah, it, it's been it's been really tremendous so far. I mean, I think all of us um, have been incredibly busy this week, just trying to keep up with everybody who's been talking to mm-hmm. us, right? Talking to the studio, talking to us directly on our Sea of Thieves channels. Um, it's it's been overwhelming, and, and it's nice as well seeing stuff coming and seeing Sea of Thieves uh, mentioned not not just by itself, but alongside the other games, right? And seeing uh, yeah. the excitement for the other titles that were mentioned, you know, Scalebound, Forza, uh, seeing lots of men- mentions of We Happy Few. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's really exciting, I think, kind of being part of that, right? And, and part of the excitement uh, and everything being together in this this one week. Yeah, definitely. We've had people reaching out and saying you were my favorite thing in, of E3 or you're at the top of the, our list. And, and I keep responding to people and saying, thank you so much. That's a, a real compliment because we were in really great company. You know, there's so many fantastic things that were being shown on Monday and throughout the show. And um, so it's a really nice compliment to hear that. And it's insanely busy. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Now, before we actually get into the Sea of Thieves conversation, everything that was shown at E3, I really just want to talk more about Rare and one of its most recent, of course, releases, Rare Replay. Um, And we know that Rare Replay, one of my favorites, uh, getting to play all my old classics and being able to play last year. I mean, all of the games that led up to this. I mean, how has the feedback been from the gaming community on Rare? I mean, Again, myself, I was excited to play the game. I couldn't wait to have all of that collection and be able to go through the games. Um, just kind of, what have you uh, heard? I think last year's E3, I, I was quite nervous going into it because we were going to be saying, you know, we're celebrating 30 years and we're releasing this collection and we're bringing back all these fantastic titles and revealing Sea of Thieves and saying, and here's what we're doing next. And, you know, working on rare social channels a lot of stuff i get is we want to see more of 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 our old aps there's so much love for everything that we've been doing for the past 30 31 years now and so to sort of unveil that we were sort of bringing a collection and a lot of love went into it it was a short project um really putting it together but the people working on it love the games we were bringing them to people that have loved them people that maybe were discovering them for the first time i think some of my favorite comments were from people who were saying you know i would sit down and play jetpack say with my dad when i was little when i was a boy and my dad's no longer with me but now i get to sit down and i get to play it with my son and things like that were just really wonderful feedback and 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 nice to see some of the titles that maybe didn't get a lot of attention at the time getting a lot of love like um grab by the ghoulies which looks absolutely fantastic in rare replay um people playing that for the first time who maybe didn't catch it the first time around and realizing what a fantastic game it is and it, it was just a joy to to be uh talking to the community and, and sort of seeing so much love coming in for uh for rare replay a really fantastic thing to be a part of just what you mentioned there i had that exact same experience and that as a kid i used to play diggerty rock ah like I had an NES, nice. I'm giving my age away here. But <laughs> <laughs> um, and I put on Rare Replay, and my five-year-old's like, "Dad, what's that?" And I Aww. put on Diggerty Rock, and he found it amazing. And to view a game that I held so close to my heart as a child, to see yeah. him enjoy it and see it through his eyes, experiencing it, it, it was actually it was, it was a real special moment for me. So. Thanks to everyone at Rhea for, for providing me with that. Uh, we well, love and, hearing and, stuff like that. 
thanks to you for being a Digger T Rock fan. I don't know if you remember this, Emma, but I remember last year before we announced the game, uh, you know, we were talking about, oh, what are the titles that we're really going to care about? And there were a couple people that were like, Digger T Rock, like, where are our Digger T Rock <laughs> fans at? Uh, so it's, I'm glad that we found found you, our signature Digger T Rock fan, who was uh, really pleased for that title to come back and really uh, play. Our lead designer, Paul Collins, it's his favorite. He was, he was pushing for it. He loves it, so he'll love hearing that. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, I was wondering how how did you guys end up deciding on what games were going to be included in that? It was tough. I I mean, Bobby and I weren't part of the decision making process. I sat with the Rare Replay team for pretty much the entirety of the project, right from the early stages, and it was tough. I mean, Rare's been around for thirty one years now. There were, I think, more than a hundred titles that pe- uh, that we sort of looked at. Um, it was tough. Uh, I think they looked at games that sort of created their own worlds um that were really popular that had something special about them um at one point they they developed a scorecard system they had them posted all over the wall and i can't remember how long it took but i mean it was tough um but i think we ended up with a really good selection in there which of the games are your personal favorites since i've given you mine boy i'd say for me the things that i went back to first uh i think perfect dark was the thing that i played first uh revisited conquer shortly after that um and then i just kind of actually went back into the back catalog you know um stuff like cobra triangle which i'd never played before or snake rather and roll which i'll have been i'd never played before either uh and that's that's where i actually found myself spending uh most of the time was kind of discovering games that that i hadn't played right because i had grown up uh more in that you know banjo uh, conquer perfect dark era than I had for those and that that for me was where I spent quite a lot of time with the game once it was out I'll admit I went straight for Viva Pinata when I brought my copy home um, it's I don't know how many hours I've lost to that game I'll get so far with a garden and then I'll start again because I've decided I don't like the way that I've laid it out and I, I want to go back to it um, I, you never really finish that game so I still haven't really gotten that far with it but same as Bobby, I, um, when we were developing it, um, we would have play sessions on a Friday afternoon, I believe, and uh, the design team would pick a game and they said, right, we want you all to play the game and we want you to feedback what you like about it. And it was the first time I was playing the Spectrum titles because I'm a little too young to have caught them the first time around. And um, Attic Attack and Gun Fright, I really loved. Um, really confusing because you get no tutorial, you get no sort of hand-holding as you go in, you're just dropped in and everything moves so fast and it's so colourful and I think the entire time I play them I end up screaming, I'm just going, ah, as I'm running around trying to figure out what's going on but I I love that sort of fraught um, pace and trying to figure out what on earth was going on and I love the horse in Gunfright, Panto the horse, I love that. <laughs> that was really nice to catch the titles that I just, I wasn't around for. Emma, I mean, you spoke of going back and kind of like Viva Pinata, it's a game that never ends. Uh, me, growing up with these rare titles, I actually, some games I didn't finish, and because they got too difficult for me when I was younger, so I kind of get frustrated and stuck at a level when I was mm. really young. So I actually, it was really fun to go back and enjoy those games that I never fully completed just because it took too long to get through. Or I just had uh, issues in certain levels. But going through and finally finishing games or, or being able to revisit all of those things, my favorite, first thing I did is I went back and played Banjo-Kazooie. I <laughs> love Banjo yes. from the beginning. It was one of my fa- It's one of my favorite games. Even when I did the theme for the subreddit, I wanted to make sure Banjo was right there, dead <laughs> center, to make sure... It was just my personal preference. I just I love banjo from the beginning, and to this day, I think I will go back and play it through again just to experience the story. 
Well, can I just put in a quick thank you, by the way, for doing the subreddit theme, because that was absolutely incredible. <laughs> Everyone at Rare loved it. And I know that I messaged you and, and, and told you that. But publicly, like we loved it. It was absolutely fantastic. And thank you so much for doing that. That, that, that means a lot to me because I spent so many hours because I basically took this theme under my belt and I said, I'm going to run with it. And everyone at this other mods, uh, Mikey and um, Delicious Cheese Reese was fully behind me and just said, take it, go do whatever you want with it and just run with it. And I did. And that's how it turned out. It was and, awesome. and just just to pick up on something you said there, Richard, too. I mean, I think one of the things that was really amazing about, you know, seeing seeing the game come together and talking to people about it when it came out is is, is just that, you know, that there are not not even just one game within this was the favorite game for some people, but that, you know, people tell us Viva Pinata was my favorite game, Banjo was my favorite game, Perfect Dark was my favorite game. And I think it's it's just such a special collection that it's got so many favorites and so many kind of age or era defining games for people within it. Um, that you just you you heard people talking about games in a way that they don't always talk about them, right? With with such fondness and such mm -hmm. nostalgia and such love. It was it was just really a special thing. Yeah, and, and people completing them years later. I'm still getting tweets now. I got one the other day going, I finally completed Banjo. It's taken me 12 years, but I've done it. <laughs> and people are so happy, and I love seeing those. So kind of continuing on Rare Replay, I know that we they kind of kept the games exactly the same. Um, I know it was tempting to maybe update the games or take out bugs or, let's say, um, like Battletoads, one of the... Um, the Wave Runner level, how difficult that was for people and over and over and over again. I mean, do you know, I believe all the games were left in the original form, correct? There wasn't anything that was actually changed? I can't remember exactly. Oh, well, very little. We wanted people to have the games as they remembered them, sort of true to their time, to the way that they were released originally. There were a couple of tweaks, like um, we released a modern control scheme for Jet Force Gemini. I think, actually, we managed to get it out two or three days after the game launched. Um, just to make things a little easier for the modern gamer. But ultimately, we left them the way they were. We didn't want to touch them. They're, you know, we left them as they were. Very cool. One thing that was you know, a very popular feature from the game was the snapshots. Uh, how did you guys come up with that idea? I mean, it just seems like a, something that was a, a great add-on to that bundle. Well, full credit to the the design team. Unfortunately, again, I I, I wasn't part of that. I helped I helped to test them, but um, it was I think for you know people were going to get the collection, and it was you know not necessarily likely that they would know all the titles, and particularly the older titles they might not be familiar with. And the snapshots were a great way of people just getting to dive in and just play a, a little snippet of the game to just sort of get what it's about, get familiar with how the game worked, um, and you know quickly achieve something and you get that wonderful feeling when you complete a snapshot and you're just like yes I've done it um, and just sort of like little snippets of the older titles and I thought it was a really nice way of doing that. There were a lot of things that we added in like the um, the rewind feature, the cheats um, just to sort of add these modern touches to the classics and, and, and get people into them. Emma do you think for the snapshots it's fair to uh, give a shout out to uh, Paul in particular on that? Yes, Paul. Yeah, Paul and Chris. So, so yeah, I think Paul would be, uh, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't try and give him some sort of social promotion because he's always giving us a hard time for cutting him out. Of oh, yeah, answer. forgetting to include him in tweets. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> at TruePolsky on Twitter, uh, if you'd like to ask somebody uh, from the team about, about snapshots, I mean, I know that he had a lot of love and a lot of thoughts for those. He's a very oh, yeah. 
kind of stats and data and metagame oriented guy um, loves that kind of stuff. And, and I'll say he's you know working on Sea of Thieves now. And so uh, kind of cool to say that the, the brain that had a lot of love and a lot of thoughts for uh, the snapshots and kind of the stat games within Rare Replay is now working on Sea of Thieves um, and, and kind of bringing that kind of thinking to different elements of the game, which I think is quite cool. Yeah. Let me just say, you brought up the additional features like the rewind, mm-hmm. specifically for the Battletoads Wave Runner part of that game. The rewind tunnel, was maybe, yeah, <laughs> it was helpful. I, I will say I did <laughs> use it once or twice. There's or no shame times. in that. That's what it's there for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it, it it meant people got past Turbo Tunnel finally after never having done it originally, and then they're going, "Oh God, there's still the rest of the game." Um, but yeah, I use it all the time whenever I'm playing. Now, with the success of Rare Replay, what would be your dream developer retro collection? And I mean, let's open this up. Any developer. I'm not sure I have a good answer. Bobby, do you do you have something in mind? Retro developer. You know, it's a, a, I don't know if you can consider it retro because it's a bit more recent, but something I've been thinking about a lot recently is uh, as I've been playing uh, some Overwatch is I've been thinking a lot about time splitters and how much I would love to see time splitters kind of make a return uh, and come back, even even if it was just a single remaster. Uh, that's that's something I would definitely pick up and, and jump right back into the multiplayer of. Superb. Emma, what would be your choice? Oh, <laughs> again, I'm, I'm not sure I'm thinking of a developer. I'm trying to think of the games that I played as a kid in the 90s that I would sink so much time into. And I'm, it's really sad, but something like Roller Coaster Tycoon, like those games where you would, like SimCity, where you would be building things. I've not got into Minecraft, uh, sort of in the modern era, but I loved those games and I would sink so much time into them. I remember shouting at the little theme park, um, visit the guests when I was playing Roller Coaster Tycoon for going off the paths and things, and I know that's not a very cool answer, but I used to love those games. I saw well, so many time, so much time into those. It's a hard answer to say because, I mean, all of your games that you want to say are already included in the Rare Replay bundle, right? Well, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shameful plug by me. Leave him alone. She likes putting salt on people's chips so that they drink more juice. all right so now we're gonna get on to the main part of this interview the main focus sea of thieves so this e3 some gameplay was shown off um and we want to know as much as possible as we can i know there might be some things that we can't touch on so very beginning from the development stages for sea of thieves what were maybe some of the inspirations for sea of thieves previous games or projects is there anything that you might want to be able to expand on just how it came about the idea of it well one thing i'll say uh is that and and you will have heard uh some of the team talking about this in the press that's come out of e3 this week is that you know from the very get-go before sea of thieves was was sea of thieves uh the team was focused on doing something kind of different and i think they were really focused on putting together a game that would bring small groups of players together for common objectives. And they were really kind of focused on what can we do that's unique within a cooperative space and what can we do with that's unique within a social space. Um, so you kind of had had that ambition from the outset. Um, I think if you layer that on top of Rare's history with pirates and its love for pirates and the fact that you've got Greg Mails, who uh, has basically been sneaking bits of pirate lore <laughs> and fantasy into every game he's been working on for the last 27 years. Um, you know, it, it was just kind of a combination. And, and I believe that they went through a few different ideas of what they could do. And when they kind of held pirates and the world of pirates up, uh, it just it made a ton of sense. And, and that's kind of where the game was born. 
I've, Joe was talking about it recently, and I think I'm trying to remember the quote. He said something like, "We wanted players to work together to create stories, and what better vessel for that than a pirate ship?" I don't think he was intending to to play on words like that, but I thought that was a really good way of putting it. Um, and yeah, we we've had pirates in our games for years, um, and who doesn't love pirates? That's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. And I mean, we're not, we we're, we don't know much about the features of the arena and all that stuff, but I feel like that type of club environment would work perfectly for Sea of Thieves just in general because we're getting people to be able to come in and play it. So that, I mean, I think that type of game fits perfectly into this whole getting people to play together, your list of friends or maybe some random people. Absolutely. And I mean, just on that point, it's, it's something you see in pirate films quite a bit, right? If you think of, uh, you've got a crew and sometimes you've got somebody that shows up and is part of that crew for a time. Maybe they double cross the people uh, that they've been <laughs> sailing with and they go on for another adventure. And, and I think that's that's definitely like the kind of emergent and, and really unique social experience that the team is building with this game. Great to hear. Uh, you know, it did seem like it was very team focused. I mean, are there different? Are there going to be different roles or character classes that people can choose from? And that the idea is that you can be the pirate that you want to be. I know we keep saying that, but that really encapsulates <laughs> what we're doing. And so, there's no roles. If you want to get on board the ship and you want to take the wheel, then you take the wheel. And um, if you want to be up in the crow's nest directing your your crew, then you can do that. There's no set roles. You sort of you take the parts of the pirate life that you want to experience, and you you go and do those. And and I think one thing that's really cool is that when you do play for the first time. Um, you just you kind of find yourself wandering about the ship and inspecting different things. Like we had that moment in the trailer where somebody kind of wandered into the captain's cabin and immediately said, right. "Yeah, this is mine. I want to be in here." Even though there's there's like nothing useful in the captain's cabin in that scene that he could really do to help other people in the ship. And and I think that uh, you know we've had some questions around. Well, what if everybody wants to be the captain? Uh, what if everybody wants to be in the wheel? And I think the thing that you find is that if you see somebody on the wheel, you just naturally go to another spot on the ship and mm -hmm. you start interacting with it. And people just kind of naturally fall into place. And just because one person's steering, I mean, that person might jump off and uh, change the direction of the sails in the back of the ship to get a little bit more speed. And somebody else will just pop onto the wheel. And it's it's very fluid, and organic and dynamic. And it never really feels like you're fighting for one role on the ship. And who says the person steering the ship is the captain? The captain could be in the crow's nest. The captain could be just walking around, keeping an eye on things. I, I'm no good at steering. I just, um, yeah, I can't steer. I keep that's, steering into rocks. That's very true. The captain's <laughs> usually in the lower decks getting drunk by themselves, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so how many how many hook hands can I have? I only have two. So I got double hooked hands? <laughs> I, I would imagine that, yeah, if the pirate that you want to be has two hooked hands, there's no reason we should stop you from doing that, right? Might make doing things on the ship a little difficult. But... <laughs> that's right. That's right. Exactly. That's, that's very exciting to hear, though. I mean, it, just the... The trailer that you guys displayed at E3 just looked like it was so much fun, especially just forgetting all of your friends together. This is, you know, the party chat here is this podcast is all about just getting people together and having fun. And that seems right up the same alley here, just getting folks together and having fun with it. Yeah, you could see that in the gameplay trailer. Those guys had only you know had only met a day or two earlier and we just chucked them in the game and just <laughs> no instruction. Just here you go. Play. And just there's some fantastic moments coming out of that because it's just it's just fun. And and I think there is something to that, right? I think there, you know, now there there's a lot of focus on games being like very realistic or or games being you mm. know kind of gritty. And I think the team has just had a lot of fun making the game. And I think that that's kind of the the thing that 
they want, you know, and, and one thing that we've heard a lot of people say is like, I just, I laughed so much while I played and, you know, awesome. it's, it's not something you normally hear about games, right? It's not normally a way that people rate the quality of a game is how much laughter they got <laughs> out of it. Uh, but, but very much, I think it's important to us. And I think there's a sense of humor that, that comes from people kind of doing whatever they want to do. That's very much at the heart of, of Sea of Thieves. And a and sense of humor is a big part of who Rare is. And that, that's coming through. Now, one thing I just wanted to ask you is, can you randomly venture out and find new islands and treasures to explore? So I, I think we're going to be talking a little bit more about the, the world in the future. Um, but, but you have kind of asked about, I think, like the randomness of the gameplay or maybe what sets people's objectives. And I think that there is definitely an element of randomness in terms of what you decide to do and what happens along the way. Um, and, and some of the things that we've seen with people playing this week and when we had fans in the studio a few weeks ago is uh, we've heard people say things like, I'm just going to sail, you know, and somebody says, where are you sailing to? They're like, the farthest island that I can get to. Um, and, and very much like we want people just to be able to, to head straight out there. Um, but oftentimes when you play and we've done longer play sessions is something happens you weren't expecting, you find something, a quest comes up um, and, and it does get to be uh, somewhat distracting, right? And the adventure that you set out on isn't necessarily the adventure that you pursue for the, the main place. And it's, and it's not always the place that you end up by the end of the game. So I think there is definitely an element of, uh, of randomness and emergence again in the, the, the things that you're doing and the, the story you're experiencing while you're playing. Everybody's story is going to be different. Um, when we had the the fans in, they were coming out. Of, they were playing in individual booths, and they were coming out, and they'd been separated into different crews. And they were all just going, "What did you do? Did you see this? Did you get to this island? Did you do this? Oh my gosh! Let me tell you about what something that I did that was really funny. Of you know, I downed my grog and I fell off the boat, and um, they were all just sharing their stories. And that's exactly what we're going for: is everyone's going to do different things, and they're going to want to share what they've been up to. So speaking of like the stage demo and what was shown, um, it's a great social experience. So I mean, how much is that part of the game? Like if I wanted to play by myself, am I able to play by myself somehow? Or do I kind of have to have a group, even if I'm like not friends with them? I mean, if I want to go solo, is that even possible? Yeah, I think I think there's a couple answers here. Um, so Mike Chapman, who's a lead designer on Sea of Thieves, he did an interview with The Verge uh, this week where he interviewed this really well, and he was talking about some of the ambitions the design team has, right? Like looking at some smaller ships that are much easier to kind of sail by yourself. If you've looked at uh, the ship that's in the demo, um, certainly it's feasible to sail that by yourself, uh, but you're going to be kind of running back and forth between a lot of things. Um, and, and what he called out in this is... is uh, kind of what happens basically when you have a smaller ship is that you might have a smaller ship that you can pilot by yourself, but you're going to have fewer cannons. Uh, if you do take on damage, you're going to have to stop steering or you're going to have to stop shooting to be able to fix that damage, right? So there are some limitations I think that people will encounter. But again, if you consider yourself to be a lone wolf and you want to kind of go out and seek riches or try and sabotage others uh, as a single vessel, I think that the goal of the design of the game is to absolutely let you to do that. Um, in terms of your other question, in terms of like finding other people, like absolutely, um, Xbox Live has got some great matchmaking services in place that the team is is looking into and looking to make use of. And, and you know, we saw like another announcement this week at E3 with the uh, looking for looking for group system, you know, which is really right. interesting to us, especially for this and knowing that we want different kinds of players with different kinds of motivations to play the game in different ways, um, you know, using something like looking for a group for finding people who want to explore or people who want to go into combat or people who just want to get drunk and play instruments. <laughs> um, you know, definitely trying to use those kind of Xbox Live features to allow people to, to find each other and, and have the social experiences they want to have if maybe their regular group of players aren't online. 
Well, that's awesome to hear. I mean, one of the big draws uh, that I think keeps me involved and focused on your on your in, involved in your community, so to speak, is you guys do a lot of giveaways and have a <laughs> lot of different contests. Um, I mean, you guys just at, leading up to E3, you had a lot of T-shirt giveaways. You had this huge uh, Play It First contest that you're running. Uh, is there a, any chance that you'll be running more contests like this for our, I guess, for our listeners here if they're interested? Well, on the small scale, we do giveaways every single Wednesday on um, on our social channels. So swag every week <laughs> is nice. up for grabs. We want to get these things in the hands of people who will appreciate them, who will wear them with pride, and who will enjoy them. <laughs> in terms of the the bigger contests, um, I'm sure Bobby can uh, can talk a bit about that. Some some more stuff from the uh, community layer that I mentioned earlier. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, well, I mean, now having seen our E3 tr- trailer, um, you could probably understand at least some of the motivation for wanting to get some people into the studio um, as part of our Play It First contest, right? Like, we were very keen to find people that were excited to play the game um, and who we knew might be happy to uh, kind of be the first people seen by the rest of the world to be playing the game. Um, so that said, I guess in terms of in terms of feedback and bringing people in and getting builds to them early, I think it's something that we're very interested in. And I think if you look at other studios that are doing, uh, you know, games that that have kind of dynamic worlds and, and social content, you know, if I think of uh, Bungie with Destiny, or if I think of uh, Massive with The Division, you know, I think I think they're doing a great job of trying to get players into their studio to try things, and give them feedback, and I think that's absolutely something that Rare wants to uh, do going forward as well. Um, whether or not that will be through the form of a contest, I'm not quite sure, but but we definitely have some ideas for some some big contests and ways to get fans involved moving forward. The other thing I'll say on that as well is just, you know, we've gotten to a point that I think everybody in the studio was really looking forward to. We've been able to show gameplay and we've been able to hopefully better answer that question of what is Sea of Thieves and what kind of experience is it? Uh, and going forward, you know, one of the values that's really important for the not just the community team, but the entire studio is transparency and really talking about more of the, the systems in the game and more of the experience uh, in the long term. And, and I think if you follow our social channels, whether you're following Rare or you're following Sea of Thieves, uh, you can expect to see a lot more information about the game, about the development team and about the process that's going into building this game hey emma can i put in a request to you and your probably your dev team but specifically for your twitter account can you ask them for some more uh gif uh <laughs> clips there that you can <laughs> have i been overdoing it is that what you're trying to tell me <laughs> no, no 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 i i i i'm slightly obsessed with twitter and <laughs> gifs so uh or gifs or however anybody else pronounces GIF? that so a gif. I'm, I'm team gif that's right been, i have been enjoying i've been making all the ones eating out and just sort of going through um our YouTube content's been great the past year and oh, just yeah. grabbing little bits of that and um, just the c- past couple of days grabbing um, all the little clips from our gameplay trailer and often tweeting them back at the people who featured in it and sending them a gift oh. of themselves and they've been freaking out. But, yeah, <laughs> GIFs all the way. Now, outside of Rare, of course, what games were you most excited to see at this year's E3? Uh, most excited to see at this year's E3. Um, so within the Xbox conference, I think the games that excited me the most, uh, besides Sea of Thieves, of course, which I find very exciting, uh, Forza really caught my eye, which is interesting because I'm not much of a, of a racer. I'm actually pretty terrible, but I'm really looking forward to driving into some trees. Um, 
also really like I said earlier, I really like the look of We Happy Few. Um, I think I'm gonna probably be playing playing quite a lot of that. Uh, I thought the uh, Death Stranding Kojima's new game looked just totally bizarre and and really interesting. Um, and having watched the EA conference, I'll probably uh, not probably, but we'll definitely be picking up Battlefield One once that comes out. Bobby stole yeah. my answers. <laughs> uh, I was sorry, gonna say I was that. gonna say no, but Forza Horizon like I. I don't. I'm similar. I don't play racing games, but um, it came on, and I, we, were, we were all watching the community team, and, and some of the other people on our floor were all watching it together. And the minute the kangaroos came on, I was going, "Kangaroos!" Well, I've never really wanted to play Forza before, but now I do. And <laughs> um, it just looked beautiful. And again, We Happy Few looked like the sort of game that I'd really like to play, but I'm going to have to be hiding my face behind the pillow at the. The scary parts, it was the, the pinata bit where it turned into a rat. I was watching out the corner of my eye. I'm a very jumpy person, and I think I yelled at that. <laughs> it's one of these ones where I can see this, the concept is so great, and there's going to be such a good story, but I might have to take a break every now and again and put Viva Pinata on to just you know lift the mood a little bit. <laughs> um, and I guess, I mean, we're still ca- I'm still catching up on E3. We've been, been full E3 all week. Um, something that wasn't a game necessarily, but the controller design lab, um, that they announced. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah, so cool, and unfortunately, not in the UK yet. So I'm really jealous of the US. Yeah, I know. Ah, oh, but I that looks amazing. Okay. Yeah, it's the US, Canada, and Puerto Rico, I think, at the moment. Oh, wow. Um, so I've been. I was furiously trying to get on the site, and I couldn't get through. But oh, let I me know if you need through. me to smuggle one over to you. Ah, <laughs> thank you. I might catch you up on that. <laughs> yeah. Now, Richard, Emma's All already right. mentioned that she is a. Uh, has got her journalism degree. So she'll be expecting this really tough journalist question from yourself. You have the pleasure of asking it. Yes, it's a very, very hard question. We ask every single one of the people we interview, and it is, what classic video game character could you knock out in one punch? (laughs) Now, just to give you a little bit of a backstory to this, Major Nelson said Frogger, um, some of the Xbox support teams said the dog from Duck Hunt. And for me, my answer, I never got to say my answer. My answer. No. <laughs> my oh, answer. <laughs> my answer, I think, fits perfectly with this interview is Gruntilda from Banjo <laughs> at the very last level. Yeah. Made me so frustrated. No spoilers, but the last level, I was stuck at that for so long. I quit like three days. Like I'd, I'd play, couldn't get through it, quit. Play, get through it, quit. Finally got through it. But the one person I could knock out in one punch is Gruntilda. That is my pick. What is yours? Okay. Well, I mean, first of all, I couldn't punch anyone. I am the most feeble person in the entire world. But I would go with the Guildmaster from Fable, the original Fable. Ah, good choice. The, your health is low. Do you have any potions or food that drive me <laughs> mental? You go, no, no, and screaming at the screen, doing, shut up, I'm trying to concentrate. Plus, you know, being feeble, this sounds awful. He's, you know, a little older than I am. Maybe I'd have a slight advantage, maybe. That's a fight I want to see. <laughs> I mean, that's almost like uh, Navi from Zelda going, hey, listen. I mean, this was so annoying. Would you like, hey, the potions? I understand. One, yeah. Hmm. Well, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, and, I, you know, because it's an important question. I, I didn't want to let you guys down. 
Uh, and I was originally thinking Sonic, but Emma's like, ah, oh, he's too fast. You probably couldn't hit him. Uh, I was going <laughs> to say Conker. I was going to say Conker, right? But he's he's a squirrel. I'd have a hard time hitting a squirrel. So honestly, I'd think one of the grunts from Halo. Like if they didn't have any weapons, I reckon I could knock one of them out with one punch. Not a bad one. Yeah. I would like to see that as well, to be honest with you. That's, <laughs> that's like a new thing. Red a grown, a grown man IRL punching a grunt, yeah. <laughs> well, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much for joining us, and we wish you all the best with Sea of Thieves and whatever Rare has to offer for the next 31 years. Oh, thank you I'm, very I'm, much I'm for not having us. Quite, that's all right. I'm not quite saying that the company's going to die in its 62nd <laughs> birthday, by the way. Um, okay, sure. <laughs> well, likewise, thank you. Thank you guys very much for having us on the show. And thanks to everyone on the Xbox One subreddit, um, which, you know, I'm checking in all the time, and, and we're all about community. You guys are a community, so, you know, we love you. Um, before you guys go, if you guys want to give a plug, shameless plug for your guys' Twitter account and where people can actually get a hold of you if they have any questions, like on the subreddit or on the Twitter, um, go ahead and let them know where they can reach out to you. You can find us on Twitter at RareLTD and at Sea of Thieves. You can find us on Facebook. Um, the URL, I believe, is facebook.com forward slash Sea of Thieves game. Yep. and rare on facebook and you can find rare ltd on instagram and you can find us on youtube <laughs> and reach out to us <laughs> any of those places and we we love hearing from everyone and uh, i guess the last thing i'd plug as well is there's actually a sea of thieves subreddit um so if you want a side portion of uh of sea of thieves subreddit next to your xbox one main helping uh, it's just sea of thieves and we've seen a lot of growth after e3 is great so i think we're creeping up on a thousand uh a thousand subscribers in there yeah. Oh, and we've just refreshed our Sea of Thieves website, seaofthieves.com. Uh, you can go on there. You can download a fan pack full of amazing uh, wallpapers for all your devices and what beautiful, beautiful art. And we today just launched the official Sea of Thieves store. So if you want to show the world your love of Sea of Thieves, you can do so in T-shirt and hoodie form. Woo! Nice. <laughs> so thanks to Evan for joining us, including even you, Clay. Um, <laughs> Thank you <very> <laughs> Next week, the show returns to normal, um, where we're going to be talking about everything from E3 and give all our reactions, as well as catching up with the latest news from the subreddit. So for another week, Xbox on. Wow! So for another week, I can't say that now. I can't say Xbox off. <laughs> no, now you Cortana? have to say Cortana. Turn off the Xbox, oh, please. Yeah. Hey, Cortana, turn off. That's uh-huh. what you have yeah. to say now. Uh-huh. So for another week, hey, Cortana, Xbox off. No. No. <laughs> almost. Almost got it. Hey, Cortana, can you grab me a beer? <laughs> so hey cortana xbox off no it's hey cortana you can either say hey cortana turn off or you can say hey cortana xbox turn off well Why you know what the beauty of this is the beauty of this is now we have our our I, I it. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just say and xbox off. no for the first time ever it's me 
it's not it, it's not it's not out it's not unveiled to everyone yet <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so, so <laughs> not till this summer 